It's the second cup of Joe and John with Joe Elvis and John Dwyer. It's the spring of 2022 and everyone is graduating on my Facebook, on the Instagram Everyone is graduating. So proud of your kids. It's great. Jeez. Tell me, I need no. I need more another picture. More pictures. I need it's great. Who Thousands of people. Kid. Well, congratulations to my oldest son, Joseph Warren King the Fourth. We're gonna edit this out. Joey just graduated from Auburn University. I'm very proud of him. I my pictures were everywhere. Yeah, we were. posted them every four seconds. I don't know why we felt the need to do that. I think it is. I'm mainly on Facebook because my parents. Uh, can see what my boys are doing because I don't have that many friends in life or on Facebook. So uh, posting the pictures was it. But, uh, you know, you, you do get traumatized by seeing everyone else's kids' pictures. But uh, it is the graduation season, and I'm so proud of him. You should and, be. Uh, and, and did he – is he the one on the dean's list? or, or? No. So my okay. youngest son is a just finished his sophomore year. He was the favorite child. At Auburn. Yeah. And uh, so in the mail came the letter from the dean – and uh, Joey, my oldest son, who just graduated, said, uh, didn't you just get that? And Justin goes, I get one of these every semester. And we're like, oh, boom, roasted. <laughs> I but, actually, uh, when I went to Butler, um, I made Dean's List once. It was my junior year. And my father, <laughs> I'm sure it was on a payphone. I was talking to him and he said, um, we're pretty upset with you. And I said, well, dad, I've never, never gotten a 3.0. And, and, and he said, you're ruining the family name. <laughs> we never, we never had any kid on a teens list. Stop it. Stop it. Now I never he called close. us, he called us retail because oh. four kids, no scholarships. He goes, you guys all were retail. <laughs> retail. Yeah. Did you, did you have a cool, okay. So, uh, both of them are going to be working at the golf course. They're working at the local country club, and uh, which I told them, I said, you're running out of summers. This is where you're FOY this, right here. You are father of the year for doing this. You're running out of summers. You know, you'll have to intern. You'll be getting a real job. Uh, so work on your – we all love golf. I met my wife playing golf. We golf as a foursome as a family. I said, have fun. Uh, and so they're both working at the local country club and they love it. The tips are great. You know, it's that life that no one Can lives. Can be your son? Who, do, did you have a fun job? Did you work like that at a, uh, anywhere in the I summer? actually was a caddy at South Bend Country Club when I was 13 and 14 years old. Yeah. And, and the, the movie Caddyshack, yeah. <laughs> pretty damn close. Oh, we were, we were hells on wheels. Uh-huh. $6, $5 for a loop, four-hour round with Mrs. Green. And and a dollar tip. So I learned that summer, those two summers, I learned to uh, smoke cigarettes and gamble. And I would go, I would go to the course with you know ten dollars and come home with three dollars. And it wasn't not much in the piggy bank. So did, what was your like favorite summer job? Because that was fun. My summer job, uh, I worked for Conway Twitty. Um, so. I gave tours, which is really how I probably got into broadcasting. They would come out of the multimedia Conway Life display, and they dump out to me outside, and I had a megaphone, and it's 30, 40-plus people from Michigan off of their tour bus, and so I give them the, the story of Conway Twitty and walk what them was around the, name the of, What was the name of this place? Twitty City. I did not know that. Twitty City. Not that was my job. 100 degrees <clears throat> out there. I've got my Twitty City T-shirt on, and Conway Twitty was an absolutely great 
man. And he built houses for his four kids behind him who sued his estate when he died till every penny was gone. You know, it was, it was, it was, a, true, it was my first taste of big money and how it absolutely sucks. Uh, but he, Conway himself was a, was a great guy. And then I would go do the weekend sh- fair shows that he did. And, you know, was I'd keep the blue hairs away from him because they loved he, – he had the most dedicated fans ever, just a terrific man. So that was my su- summer. So I hope my sons are doing a little better. Uh, but I, the summer jobs are great. Uh, uh, great memories. Summer The summer romances. Yes. The, yeah. I, uh, yeah, and I, I bust tables. And, and I think everybody needs to work in a restaurant once. Just to appreciate just just how difficult that is, but uh, anyway, we're going to find out. We have a great guest today. Um, uh, she had a lot of good summer jobs. Um, I have no idea. She, she would did. be my summer crush, she, probably, no doubt. She, she's probably debutante. She grew up in, in Georgia, <laughs> you know. And Uh-oh. and uh, but anyway, Samantha Fisher uh, is here, who is. Um, uh, working for the Attorney General as Director of Communications. Uh, prior to that, worked at News 2 as an anchor from 2012 to 2017. Uh, before that, she's got a little CNN on her resume. Yep. And then working in uh, uh, Salt Lake City, I think. And yeah, So broadcasting is kind of the, the thing we have going here. We do. So. It's, it's folks from our era that uh, have nothing but good things to say about broadcasting. <laughs> Nothing but good things. This Nothing is going to be a things. really short so podcast. Here we go. Here are the top 10 Line things of why up. you should go into local broadcasting. <laughs> you got three sour pusses right ahead, here. Sam, light it up. Yeah, John and I got out just in time. <laughs> yeah, yes, 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 we did. But thank you for stopping by to the uh, JTG International Global Headquarters in East Nashville uh, to, to, to come on by. So, how are things going? Things are going okay. Yeah. You, you know, I'm in like the busiest season of the year, not with work, but with the end of school. Have you experienced I was going to say, what's sure. the busy time your of- kids, What are your kids' I, ages I need now? to quit my job just to deal with the number of school emails I am getting about field trips, class parties, yeah. field day. What did you do at the end of school? It was like, it's the end of school. See you in August, yeah. September. Yeah, why, why does yeah. there have to be this constant communication? Yeah. Uh, uh, Tess and Penny, yeah. adorable. They're really good kids. What, what, what grades are they finishing this year? They're finishing fourth and third. Oh, you're just yeah. starting again. I thought they were a little older. Hoof, hoof, well, I saw your hoof. graduation announcement. I thought like they were, he was just going to Auburn. And, right. I, and then cap and gown and the whole thing. It yep. goes quickly. Wow. It really, it really does. Um, yeah, when you said there's just a busy season, I mean, is there a busy season for the Attorney General's office? Is that, <laughs> I did not, did not know no, that. No, no, no. We're constantly involved in litigation, constantly suing. Various entities and things, and yeah. I'm not a debutante, by the way, and I'm not a lawyer. I don't know what I'm doing in this job. <laughs> <laughs> no, they're good to have you. They're, and you came to Nashville with, with, uh, with your husband, who uh, amazing uh, – Musician, violinist, I think, is that, is that uh, what he... Yeah, he was he, a, a violin performance major at Vanderbilt. He is a phenomenal musician. He doesn't do that for a living. He right. does that, you know, for fun and when asked. But, yeah, that's his... He has many skills. That's that's one of his... He is the master wonderful. of fun, is your husband. He is. He is an enthusiast, and, and he he has a good time. An yeah, enthusiast. I, yeah. The doctor of fun. He is. He's, he's <laughs> such, a, such a good guy. He's so, great. So he had a sense of uh, Nashville... Uh, yeah. Back in in college, did he get out and was he good student at all that four years and got out or he, no? He would probably he tell you that he he could have been perhaps a better student. Yeah. Um. But 
I think Vanderbilt was it, it was a growing experience for him there. I, you know, I think he would say much different from from my experience at the University of Georgia. Oh, how? How different? I I think he studied more. (laughs) (laughs) I think Vanderbilt may have been more challenging. I shouldn't say that. Why'd you pick Georgia? I I went there tuition-free on the Hope Scholarship. Okay. And they had a great, a phenomenal journalism program. So it really is a fantastic school. I'm proud of that. When did you uh, know you wanted to do journalism? Is that something in high school? It was about halfway through... calculus (laughs) calculus <laughs> and said i need to <laughs> I, I need, need to, to get on need to the j train and yeah. figure out how to get <laughs> out of here how to get out of here without taking any more math so did you know but did, and, 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 <laughs> that's a true story i had a, a semester of, it was a diff, it was, i had a semester of accounting a, and said no way man i'm no yeah. i'm not even on this side of the yeah. campus anymore i got a journalism degree with it with a class in statistics that's oh, the only God. i think that's the only math i had to take oh my god so yeah. um so you started in local TV in, in Augusta, and was that your first job? You have a, in, you have a good in, memory, John. Yeah, so I started in Augusta where they play the Masters. Mm-hmm. I didn't know much about golf then. I didn't caddy for a summer. I did work oh, in a restaurant. Yeah. I did some other things. Did you that, work in a restaurant? That would have helped. Is yeah, I worked in a restaurant. Favorite summer job? No, I didn't like my summer jobs. I was like, I, I'm ready to be a professional. I do not want to be you know, serving, standing on my feet all day. And so, and so I ended up at CNN where I was standing on my feet all day during <laughs> 30 or 40 live shots during the election. So how, how it came you, back to get me. So your local, uh, and then you, do you, how do you get hired at CNN? That, that, that was, that's pretty cool. A bit, yeah. Well, I was very good, John. I yes. mean, what do you, what do you think, you jackass? But, but, <laughs> not like you two guys. I was good at what I did. <laughs> this is what happens when people are good. So, sometimes you fall up. I don't know. It must have been a slow hiring season for them or something. I, I have no idea. No, it was interesting. I, um, I had been in Salt Lake for five years. I liked it out there. I liked, you know skiing and exploring the parks and and the news was really interesting in salt lake city they had some very strange stories stuff that i didn't cover in augusta georgia elizabeth smart i don't know if you remember that story Uh, they found her um while i was out there that was an an unbelievable day in the newsroom no no you buried that you didn't want to get embedded with the story we understand but that was that was a that was sort of like hair on the back of your neck Mm -hmm. you know kind of story that was that was very memorable, and there were others too. Um, but toward the end of that five years, I was I was ready to uh, you know to to move on and um, come start, home. Start really? exploring I mean, that option. Yeah, so right? I started. You know how it goes. You send resume tapes. You know, you, you you try to find the stuff where you look decent and you sounded okay, and see if anybody else is interested in hiring you. And uh, this is going way back. I have to kind of rem- <coughs> remember what this uh, you know. Time formal period. Uh, former life was. Time period in my life. I was single then. I was like, yeah, this is. This and it was so important, wasn't it? It was like yeah. you lived, you lived that job. You were, and you were, you're on, you know, worldwide. You're on with Wolf Blitzer. You're, you're getting hits with, that had to be, well, one, parents love that, right? Yeah. I mean, your parents, <laughs> parents, did, that's my daughter. Well, I remember when I interviewed with CNN, so I sent some tapes around, and uh, and also I had connections through the University of Georgia. So my journalism professor, David Hazinski, who was very influential in my life, um, he was able to call a couple people and at least and say, "Hey, at least take a look at her resume," and mm-hmm. that kind of thing really helps. I didn't have an agent then, and that's a story for another time. But um, I thought when I went to interview in Atlanta that I was going home to Atlanta, and uh, they said, "No, no." This is in Washington D.C. This is for uh, you know the upcoming election. This was the election when 
uh, President Obama ran in one. So I went to Washington, D.C., and uh, you know, one of the really, I think, most exciting things that happened for me there was a few months after living in D.C., I met my husband, and, uh, and that sort of set my life on a whole new course, and that was very exciting. But meantime, yeah, I was covering the election. It was gone all the time. Um, but it was, it was very exciting. And I, I've always appreciated the chance to work at that level. And everybody was so good. The producers were great. The, the editors were um, amazing. The photographers were top-notch. And that was exciting because everybody was just so good. And it was also intimidating, too, because everybody, you know. You, you couldn't have an off day. I mean, because no. that live shot, you would, you would, wouldn't you just, you know, I'd pout if I had a bad show or bad, you yeah. know, I pouted a lot, by the way. But <laughs> I don't remember that, John. You yeah. were. No. Uh, yeah, she no, did. no, no. Yes, she did. <laughs> oh, wait, no. <laughs> was that, that, that wasn't the Lou Water, you're not old. The, the Lou Waters era of C, CNN was my favorite. Did you have your favorite? Big back? War Grandpa, tell me more. I remember Lou Dobbs. Yeah, I remember Lou, yeah. Lou Waters was the gray-haired guy, yeah. the classic, you know, yeah. slick back guy, yeah. and Natalie, uh, whatever, I can't remember her last name. She was his co-anchor. Yeah. This was in CNN's hotbed day. So this would have been Gulf War, because I think Wolf Blitzer was overseas doing those shots all yeah, the time. Yeah, that's when he, he got big. way yeah. before that. But that was, uh, that was CNN when CNN took over in, those, in that first era, both those wars. I have... N- you know, you worked there. I guess that was the only <laughs> the only connection I have on that. Do you have a favorite uh, interview or a favorite story um, that 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 aired on CNN that you go, man, that was that that was good stuff. You know, I was I was covering the news of the day, and so I don't necessarily remember like a favorite interview, you know, per se. But I, I do remember enjoying traveling around and going to the caucuses and going to the primaries, and and I have like I have memories of being in Des Moines, um, you know, for the Iowa caucuses. And, you know, I only read about that before; I'd never been there, never experienced any of that. And I remember it was like the coldest I've ever been in January in Des Moines, Iowa. It's just frigid and you know you do you you know as journalists one of the the fun things you get to do you get to see a lot of different places you, you know you meet a lot of different people and I like that about the job one of my favorite interviews of all time though and when I when I really felt like okay I, I can wrap this up and be satisfied with it was uh, I got to interview John Oates here in Nashville hey. and I've always loved Hall and Oates <laughs> since I was a little kid and my mom driving me home from like you know pre-k and Kiss on My List coming on the radio. I was just like rocking out to it. And I just loved them my whole life. And we moved to Nashville. And I was like, Daniel, John Oates lives here. This is, this <laughs> is awesome. Like, he's like, you're this a, is- he's like, you're a little, and you know, the kind of music he likes, um, I, like he likes the same stuff that your wife does. Yeah, a you lot know, of alternative. Thank, thank you. You know, yeah. I'm like, this is yeah. depressing. Like, like yeah, about you, a radio head and yeah, arcade fire. And, yeah. 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 I'm like, Hey, check this out. Check, check yeah, this out. Yeah. I'm a rich girl. Right. I've got to. <laughs> so, so really meeting Obama. Eh. Oh, John, John Oates. I was like <laughs> in awe of part him. Part of a trinity. I know. We, you know, I, I got to interview him at the Bluebird Cafe or the Bluebird Lounge. Yeah. And uh, I was like, I was like, you just don't know. Oh, oh, but I do. John Oates, what this means for me. I can wrap up my career now. I can call it good. Oh 
that's wow. Actually, that's hey, whatever it takes. What did it feel like? What what was your state of mind or presence when you landed the Nashville job? So you you took over a big role. Bob Mueller was a guest on here. He's been the stash was has been the staple there. Mm-hmm. So uh, you were the other main anchor. The two of you were going to be the face of ABC TV here. Where how did you feel about all that when you came to town? I was grateful for it because I really like local news and, and even at the network. And I appreciate you asking questions about that. I mean, that, that was an exciting time, but I really love the whole concept of you show up in the newsroom in the morning, you, you talk about what's going on with your colleagues. And, and then, you know, the producer says, well, go out and see if you can make that happen or go explore that idea and see what you come back with. It's not like that at the network. Everything's very prescribed. Um, you know, the different uh, shows have, have different budgets and producers. And it's, it, it, I don't know how to say it otherwise. And it's a much more complicated process to just get out the door, you know, with a photographer and do a story. And I love that freedom in local news. And I don't know if it's still like that or not, but um, the creative license there to, you know, have an idea about a story and, and just go out and, and, you know, try to put it together. Uh, I've just always enjoyed that. And so the chance to do that again um, in a great city like Nashville, in the South where my family was, I missed them. Uh, it, it plans, uh, you know, a, a nice city to raise our, our growing family and our daughter, Penny, was just a few months old at that time. Um, yeah, I was excited to be here. And, and, and Bob was a, a wonderful ambassador to Nashville and you know, knows the city, knows the stories, knows the players, and, and was very gracious in his, in his welcome you know, to me and my family. Do you miss it? Sometimes. Sometimes I miss it. Um, but I don't, you know, we've all been through this, right? You know, you don't, you, you have a way of romancing the past and, and. I have know, selective memory. Selective Absolutely. memory. Yeah. yeah. I mean, when I sit here with you guys and I think yeah. about the fun that it was, you know, to sit on the desk and host a newscast, that is fun. Um, you know, and I liked, I liked the team effort. I, I enjoyed the buzz of a newsroom. And, and there's really nothing like that. But I also accept that that, that time passed and, and there's, there's new things to do and new challenges to, to get involved in. And that's okay. It's I, also nice to be home with my husband in the evenings, which I, I don't know what schedules you all. You were an evening guy. Joe, were you an evening or morning person? I did afternoons. Okay, afternoons. So I had mornings to do what I wanted, but evenings were out. Yeah. So it's some large segment of the day, the people closest to you are taking a hit because there is no great schedule when you're working in TV. And that's just part of the job. Yeah. I worked a lot of holidays. Um, the news had to, you know, you had to have a Christmas day newscast. Did, did you really need? Yes, you do. Because you just, you need to, you know, so yeah, we worked a lot of holidays, a lot of weekends. And I always said it wasn't, it wasn't hard work. It was just a lot of hours. It was just, it was just, and we missed a lot of things. Well, you, you covered know? sports, John. Come on. I did. I, I think well, you said you missed like five <laughs> Super Bowls at one point. Because well, I, I went to mornings because I had to go to bed at 4 p.m. then. So, I mean, yeah, people that work morning. Did you ever do the graveyard shift at all? I did a couple of morning shifts, yeah. Enough to know that I never wanted to do it again. Do it ever again. No, yeah. it's awful. Because it's folks don't know you you're up. getting there at like 2 a.m. I got there. I woke up at, at midnight to be there at one one a.m. Yeah, and, and work till yeah. nine. And you're just on jet lag twenty four seven. And it, it, you had to you had to be in a good mood. You don't want a morning news anchor who's complaining about how tired you are. That's probably not going to the people who do that. Well. Yeah, who have done it for years. Like I think of like Neil Orne. Like that man is amazing. Oh I mean, I don't know yeah, how you. There's two of them. Yeah. because he yeah because he <laughs> he. 
he uh, he keeps he he'll sleep when he he's dead. I think. You I know? know. I did it for a year when I was in Augusta, so I must have been. I'm just thinking back on this. I must have been like 23 or 24, like yeah. a time in your life where if you're going to yeah. try to pull that off, you should be able be able to pull it off. Yeah. No, I mean like I slept twice a day and like three hour shifts. I was eating like spaghetti or lasagna or some weird, like it's seven o'clock in the morning, yep. like gaining weight, feeling tired, aggravate. Like it was, it was a bad, it was a bad. And thing. then you have to get on at 5 a.m. and go, hey, good morning, everybody. Yeah. Good to see you. Yes. And I'm just like, <laughs> and I had Diet Mountain Dew. I would drink, drink all the coffee during the night. And then I had on the news desk with the coffee. I mean, it was, it was uh, Diet Mountain Dew. Yeah, I mean, in there. I mean, people thought, oh, it's a cup of coffee. No, I've been up since, you know, midnight. Yeah. Amped. Anyway, yeah. anyway. And you're always kind of living with this, like, sort of low-grade anxiety that you're going to miss your alarm oh, and yeah. not make it. Everyone has that. Yeah. Yeah, and you have dreams about it. Yes. Or I did. I have dreams that I couldn't get to, uh, for radio, I couldn't get to the music. Like, the song was over, but I can't reach out to start the next thing or to grab it. <laughs> Out of the CD player that dates that. Yeah, I so can't get a sportscast done. I can't, I can't get. The, I can't get. The, I, I still have. Do you? Do you have? I do. I have anxiety, anxiety and, dreams. And yeah, dream, anxiety dreams of not getting the sportscast together. And I'm like, I haven't done sports since '06. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So why can you not just let this let this go? You let know. Me sleep. I think. I think some of the anxiety was warranted because you know there were times when that really did happen. Like. <laughs> or, the, or what the worst thing you can imagine, you know, the teleprompter falling out and just having to, you know, talk for a while. Like that, that, that stuff happened. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Why? So now you're director of communications for the, the attorney general. That's right. You'll see so many news folks go be the spokesperson for something, whether it's the Tennessee department of transportation. Why does that happen? Does it pay better, better schedule, all the above? I think that there are so many businesses, companies, government agencies now where, you know, people don't want to talk to the media. I'm not saying that about my office in general, but that I think we work in the media for years and years. And sometimes you can start to tell yourself, well, you know, I kind of know how to do this thing, but I don't know that I know how to do something else. But the skill of understanding the news cycle, how to write the news, you you know, how you kind of put a headline together, that's valuable it seems, you know, to, uh, you know, to my employer and, and, and to many others to have that experience. I have no legal experience. So I'm basically working in communications for the state's biggest law firm. And, and I found it to be fascinating. I mean, I covered a couple of court cases and some prominent court cases uh, over the years as a reporter, but um, never anything like the magnitude and the scale of what the Tennessee Attorney General's office does. So of all the guests that we've had on, um, the, the streak continues because I don't think we've had anybody on that does not involve themselves with another podcast. Uh, Making the Case podcast. Oh, thank you for the plug. What is, yeah, what, what, what is that? It, 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 you're listed as a producer. Are you, are you part of it? Have you, um, as part of our extensive show prep. <laughs> yes. What do you do well, there? <laughs> what exactly are you doing I, I for the state of Tennessee? I, I, well, <laughs> I didn't, I didn't, uh, I haven't listened. I have not consumed um, a, a, a making the case podcast, but yeah. it's interesting that in this day and age to be relevant and to have a way to kind of form your own narrative and control it would be a podcast. So tell me about it. And that was my pitch. That was my pitch to the attorney general and the chief of staff, whereas the, 
you know, we can respond to questions from reporters or we can also make an effort to inform a lot of different groups of people. And, you know, one of the challenges to working in this office, because our attorney general is not elected, the attorney general in Tennessee, we're the only state where the state Supreme Court appoints the attorney general. And this is really interesting in a lot of different ways. But one of them is that because we don't have an attorney general running for office, we don't have an attorney general fundraising and, you know, having to potentially be influenced by, you know, various groups and lobbyists and things like that. And so we are litigating and uh, you know dealing with the law on a large scale and multi-state lawsuits and you know national investigations and all sorts of things and leading those investigations and litigation because we are fully concentrated on the law in Tennessee not having to run for office not having to try to think about how to get in front of the camera all the time now the flip side of that is a lot of people will ask me what in the world is it that you do who is the attorney general what is the attorney general's office do you work for Glenn Funk I'm like no that's the district attorney mm-hmm. so there's there's a lot of sort of one on 101 education uh, that the podcast helps with and so we started off with an attorney with an interview with Attorney General Herbert Slatery, and then we went from there. And you know, it it checks a lot of boxes. Uh, one of the things that it does that I enjoy is it just kind of scratches that journalism itch. So the AG office has been involved in a lot of interesting historical things that have happened in Tennessee over the years. And and you guys may be aware of this, but since I didn't grow up in Tennessee, I didn't know about the pardons and parole scandal uh, where they- The late 70s? Yeah, where they swore in Lamar Alexander early. And so the attorney general played a role in that. So we went back and found the people involved and did a three-part series on that for the podcast. That would be fascinating. just interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, They've been books written about that and Mm -hmm. and you just, boy, there's some sleazy people doing some really bad things, yeah. you know, I mean, and, and, uh, they got called on it. Yeah. yeah. Well, t- accountability now you can never get away with that. So back then, no internet, no anything. You just do things till you're caught was pretty much what happened in the city, I guess. I think some, yeah, sometimes things went on for, for a while before. Yeah. Maybe they had enough evidence gathered to, to make a move or yeah. That was the Ray Blanton era. Was Was that the the Mm -hmm. Jake Butcher era too, where they took him down? The big banker from uh, Knoxville who had all, he he was one of the original pyramid scheme bank defrauders worth millions, ran for governor, but had actually just was a big criminal. And that's as far back as I go. Oh, you go back. (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) Big, big war grandpa. I don't know. My, My goodness. But you're so smart. (laughs) <laughs> I don't know about that. <laughs> so it has to be fun uh, to to write again and deal with these guys. Is it fun in that office at all? Are you the one who mixes it as these, you know, what's the personality traits hanging out in that office every day? Cause you are fun. And so it's, it's, you go in there and probably, you know, you hit hard, you do your job, but is it fun to, to mix it up with these guys, you know, in a fun way? You know, it was a little intimidating at first. I think, you know, talking to people who, Okay, so I have a bachelor's degree. I didn't go to law school. I didn't get a, you know, I didn't spend a lot of time studying after You watched college. Legally Blonde and went, okay. And I, was, I, and I, I felt could. like I was ready. Yeah, <laughs> I felt like I was ready. <laughs> My cousin and I, Vinny, and I saw that testimony, and I thought that was, that was pretty good, yeah. No, I mean, I've, I, you know, at times it's a, it's a bit intimidating. I mean, our solicitor general, the first female solicitor general for the office, uh, you know, has, has multiple degrees, one of them from Yale. And, you know, these are just brilliant people. And I admire them too, because a lot of them could make a lot of money in the private sector, you know, at a, at a private law firm. And, and they believe in, in the causes and the cases that 
that the AG office litigates and, and they do a lot of good for people. And so that's, when you ask why do I do it or why do people from, you know, with a background in journalism end up taking these jobs, I think that journalists by nature do want to get behind and do something that they think is worthy and that, you know, that is worth supporting. And, you know, and I felt that way. But you asked, am I any fun? <laughs> you know, the other side of it. <laughs> am I fun? So, am I fun? So, you know, we. Oh, man. But. <laughs> so, you know, in, in news and in radio, you, you work on multiple deadlines. You know, you've got something uh, that you're that you're trying to put together and you need to have it done like in a couple of hours. So when I sit down with attorneys and I, and I can see that something's gaining traction in the news cycle, I'm like, OK, listen, I, I need you to get me up to speed on this case. I need the cliff notes. All right, I'm watching now, the clock. Now, <clears throat> I'm watching the clock. I'm like, okay, 15 minutes. An hour later, at least. <sighs> You're about pulling your hair out. <laughs> they You're are like, detail. These yeah. are detail-oriented people. Yeah, and but, but yeah, Cliff Notes, you're speaking my language. I mean, that's how I got through school. I didn't read the book. I, I don't know I, anything else about that. And it's Cliff's Notes. Cliff's Notes. Cliff's Notes. What about, um, talk about the women in broadcasting now. You know, we've we've discussed oh, another interesting. <laughs> we've, we're going to go there. Where are we going? We're going to well, go there. <laughs> we've discussed. We were doing just fine, staying staying in our lane, Joe. I drew and now the line. We... I drew the line at fake eyelashes. I was like, I'm not putting that on at 9:45 at night. I will not do it. We've discussed. Is that where you're going with it? Well, sort of. We've discussed the, the tiers of broadcasting. So uh, all of us worked in broadcasting pre-internet, where everybody right. made the World Wide Web. Everybody made significant money. Really, if you were in radio, TV, or even as a newspaper writer. Uh, but post-broadcasting, ad dollars tanked. Folks aren't watching the news as much. They're not listening to radio as much. They have all their outlets on the the phone and and whatnot. So now, uh, Bob even commented, Bob Mueller. Nashville used to be a, a third or maybe fourth job for folks before you got here. That's and, right. And mm-hmm. now they're hiring them straight out of college, uh, which is not a knock, uh, but it's also you're getting folks who are still finding their way in an Instagram and Facebook world where it's more about the shots that they take of me in the studio than actually the product that they're delivering. So it, it, to me, it's tougher for the younger folks in broadcasting now. Of They don't really – do they have a bar that they're trying to reach? Gosh, there's so much to say about that. Um, a lot to unpack there. Yeah, I mean, we were just referencing the the Ray Blanton era. You know, when you read books from that time and they talk about the press corps at the Capitol, it was significant. Yeah. And now you think about how many reporters are up covering civics, covering state government. It's really important, but you need people who have been in the city, in the state, for many, many years to have, you know, the right contacts and relationships to be able to report on what's going on in, in a way that, uh, you know, they're knowledgeable, they understand the players, they understand what's going on in the background. And part of me thinks that, you know, when you're hiring, you know, very young journalists over and over again, you know, maybe that's part of the reason we're seeing, you know, it's mostly weather and traffic and car accidents. You know? Yeah, <clears throat> I, I, I feel that same way. It took me two or three jobs to to get to Nashville and that was a, you know, top 30 market, right? Did yeah. you always, you know, we, you get, as you're young, you get caught up in, oh, the market size, you know, but I yeah. mean, like you, you, you know, you, your Salt Lake station, did it act good? Did it act that market size? Because that, that's a, or, or, you know, I've worked at TV stations. It's a 93 market, but we acted in the forties. So we had all the bells and whistles and the toys yeah. and the satellite trucks. So, 
you know, kids would, we'd be obsessed with market size and yeah. it's just not, it's just one of, we one. should have been obsessed with ownership because that's what really mattered. I think that's what I came away with after working at several different places who owns it. And, and this is the other problem, you know, you talk about, you know, some, like if you're talented, come on in, you know, learn the craft and, and, and do well, but you know, the ownership of these stations and newspapers, you know, and TV stations. Now there's only a handful of them in the country. And I think that's unfortunate because it, it suppressed salaries. It suppressed the, the ability to say to your employer, okay, well, if, if, if you don't want to, you know, pay me what I think I'm worth, I'm going to go somewhere else. And, and, and they'll say, oh, well, we own that station too now. So you, you don't have as much option. There's not as much competition within the market and outside the city too, you know, to go to other cities where you have different, you know, local ownership or whatever. I, and also I think that changed how you covered the news. You know, the, the news started to look the same. Did you, you know, everywhere you go to some extent. Do you miss it? I know John already asked that, but now do you miss it? <laughs> I think I had a good run. I did it for 17 years. <laughs> yeah. I'm grateful for those years. They were exciting and I really enjoyed the people I worked with. Um, I worked for people who I thought were were great, great journalists, great managers. I worked for some who weren't, um, and I think that's that's a career. You know, you anybody who's been in a career for more than ten years can probably say the same thing. Well, you I, just were absolutely terrific. You did a great job here in Nashville. Let's frankly, I you. really, yeah, really enjoyed Samantha as a coworker. Yeah, as a friend, uh, she was so real on air. There's there's certainly a theatrical performance to being up on a newscast and selling a story and having a style. Uh, Sam was just solid. And, and, you know, no, she wouldn't wear those, uh, I, you know, the, the fake <laughs> eyeglasses, you, you know, but, and I'll tell you, here's where we're I'm gonna, really just lazy is what I'm no, yeah, I mean, You get to a point where you're like, you look in the mirror, you're like, eh, good enough. Let's go. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're, we're good. <laughs> She's earthy. I, I will say this. You, you were there when, when it switched to, uh, from low def to HD and yeah. HD for there's there's a few uh, people, uh, women that were not happy with that because it yeah. you know guys we could wear you know a, a stain on our tie and it didn't he didn't see it and then everything showed and everything you had to put on you know HD makeup and all this and it was just a just exhausting and I, I think that did that bother you at all having to switch it's beautiful. You know, an accomplished person. She didn't probably didn't bother her, but going to HD. Did that? <laughs> I, do you remember that when that 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 they switched that? Or are you too young? I do to remember. remember that? <laughs> I, I think that was when I was out in Salt Lake. Maybe okay. it was the HD, and I do remember consultants saying, you know, are, are people really going to spend this much on a, a high definition television? For, you know, for just a, a slightly prettier picture. Well, if you look back at what was before, this is sort of the benefit of looking back. It's like, oh my yeah. gosh, it's a dramatic difference. Um, but I think it's good to look like a real person. Well, you, know? you always I, I, you, know. you always mm-hmm. did, and you know we could go down another rabbit hole of consultants. Did you have consultants in radio? Did, 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 did you, you test well? Of course I did. <laughs> What's <laughs> your Q score, Joe? Did you, did you test well, Sam? <laughs> I just I just hate. I always it. thought I always te- they'd come. They'd you'd always have that meeting after the auditorium test happened, and they'd sit you down. Well, you're only testing well with large men. <laughs> and you're like, you know, you're like, what? Yeah, or every group you thought you would be doing well with, yeah. you weren't really dinging. 
And you're like, just, you know, it was always just such a beat down and a disappointment. I, I hardly ever came away with like a, yes, I'm just kicking ass. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't like people coming in to our city, our station, yeah. telling us what we're doing wrong and then leaving. I didn't yeah. like, they, 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 but if they didn't have any suggestions, then they weren't going to get paid. There was no reason to have a consultant fee. But no, I, I had, I had my more than a few run-ins with consultants telling me to, you need to do this, you can't do that, or don't wear yeah. this shirt, or don't do this. And I'm like, really? You're telling yeah. me that? Do you have a funny critique? Well, I was just thinking about, as y'all were talking about this, are we all kind of Gen X or young boomer? I'm, ba- I'm boomer, baby, I think. I'm fi- we're, bo- we're, 50, we're, we're 58. We're yeah. both 58, okay. uh, but just a few weeks apart. My parents had sex just after your parents, I think. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess we'll I edit that like, out. So we had this interesting experience at work where we had a generational expert come talk to the staff about, you know, working, working better together. And they profile the generations and they say, well, you know, the baby boomers are good at this, but they're not so great at that. And Gen Xers are good at this, but they're not so great at that. And then they get to millennials and then they get to Gen Z. And we all know some of the characteristics of these groups. You know, they, they have a hard time taking any kind of feedback or, or criticism, you know, that's this is the generation where everybody got a trophy, right? And I do wonder when we're talking about consultants and feedback and, you know, hearing these things about yourself that you take very personally, it just popped into my head, like, how is that going to work for, you know? Their head will explode. They can't, they want, they'll be in the fetal. They'll be on some type but, of antidepressant. Yeah, they'll be like, but look, look how many, Insta- look how many look Instagram how many followers I have. Yeah. So many likes. Yeah, so um, that changed about the broadcasting industry too, and that was something I thought was tough. Was this evaluation based on you know not how how what a good job you did on a story? It's you know how many people are following you on Facebook. I, I did not like that being a metric because you can't control Facebook. That's Mark Zuckerberg's platform. It wasn't WKRN's platform. Yeah, that's just something that I always kind of thought. Let's find another way to market ourselves. But that sounds old now. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it it really does. And you don't have to take instruction. You can make your own network on your Twitter and your Instagram feeds. So uh, that's what a lot of kids, that's like my sons, that's that's their platform is to make their own stuff. And they don't even really think about working for somebody you know, I can do my own thing. Right. And, but th- and that's great, but it's also, uh, it's just different. Do you think there's a problem with kind of misconstruing who you are as a person and then also kind of thinking of yourself as a brand from such an early age with, with all of that? Well, with, with, well, I'll tell you this, with Jobs for Tennessee graduates, part of my elevator speech to them is, is to hold up the phone and say, you know, you, it's not your fault how young you are, but you will never understand what life was like without a phone, a personal computer that you could actually carry, and you have a brand out there. You don't think of yourself like that, but I could probably Google, look at your social media accounts and find out what you like, uh, what kind of food do you like? How do you dress? What your friends are like? Uh, how it's gay? Uh, you, you put yourself out there. Um, but also, employers are looking at that too. And college counselors are looking at that too. So you can give me this free speech. You know, I can do this. And I'm on TikTok. And I, yeah, this was a risque video. It's like, that's fine, but that's your brand. And and I, I approach it to them that way. And they don't think it, 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 it it's the first time they go, well, I never thought of somebody like looking at this and judging. Like, of course they're judging. That's all we do is judge. You know, we're going to, yeah, you're being judged by people that can control your 
professional career. You better think about that before some of this garbage that you post out there. I, I know. And I feel badly for them that they have to think about that. You know, it's, we all say, good gracious, thank goodness this stuff wasn't around when we were in college. Sure. I was never where I said we I was. We wouldn't been hired I was either. Never, no, we never would have. No, no. You're, exactly, you're exactly right. No, I was never where I was supposed to be. You, you know? would have been fine. You have such good hair there, John. You would have been fine. Ah. Uh, <laughs> I like what you're doing with it now, by the way. No, what, what am I doing with it? I don't know. What's he doing? It's, it's like laying to the side a little yeah, bit. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, yeah. yeah. No, I don't know. No product. I, I, yeah, don't, I don't right? do product. No, more product. no, no product. Yeah. I tell people when I leave TV, two things changed. One, I get 20 minutes of my day back because I'm not putting on HD makeup twice yeah. a day. And uh, my the, the Dwyer discount at the dry cleaner is over. Um, you know, I had about a $400 bill every month and it went down to about a hundred and she said, what are you doing? I go, I'm, I'm not in TV anymore. She goes, well, I got another kid to put the, you know, through it. college. I said, Dwyer scholarship is, yeah. is, I don't know about you've noticed that, but yeah, you do save yeah. some money on certain things. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. The high definition makeup, we're back to that again. Right. Yeah. Like not wearing that kind of thing anymore. And what does that even mean? How is that different than normal makeup? It's, I think the pigmentation is denser. You don't have as much water in it. You have more actual like. You got to put it on really yeah. smooth because if you don't and you don't put on powder, then people are staring at your big forehead that's shining, you know, or something like that. I mean, that's just, that's just, a, but you, you, yeah, you just had to, guys, we could, we used to put it on in three minutes. Now it, you know, you have to get every little, every little, you know, nook and cranny and stuff like that. So I, I enjoy putting my makeup on with you, so, yeah, John. We yeah, did. There's we some, some good bonding. times with some good conversations we, we there. Did. You know, then, then uh, Bob would come in and, you know, fix his mustache and spray his hair. And, you know, we, it was a good, we, you know, <laughs> it was good times. <laughs> did I tell you, know? you about Miami? Yeah. <laughs> He's got 11 now. Do you know I that? I didn't know oh, that. Oh, yeah, no, he let us know that. He only yeah. said that within yeah, four he, seconds. He did. Uh, all right, let's get to, we do have some rapid fire questions. 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 Ask your Time for questions. Questions. We have questions for Samantha Fisher. Uh, Go ahead, Joe. So we're talking music. Uh, Daniel, your husband, heavy in the music. You love your music. What's in your CD player now in your car? Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Oh, oh, this is going to be good. I only have podcasts on in my car. Um, oh. what, what am I actually listening to? Um, actually, you know what I listen to on the way in? I'm not even kidding. And I saw this on Facebook, but Lisa Patton's daughter um, is in a band. Her daughter and her son are in a band called Troubadour Blue. And I pulled it up and listened to it on the way in. They are amazing. Great. Wow. Yeah. Check it out. I will do that. She does. Does Lisa have a podcast? I bet she does. Lisa Patton, yeah. ex, she huge weather person here on yeah. your station. I didn't know she, that. She, she is superwoman. She, she will come in like after homeschooling her kids and taking them to the Blair School for the violin lessons. Yeah, I mean, she was just an amazing amount of energy, and her kids are all doing great. And two of them, her son and her. Brenna, her middle daughter, I think. I'm, I'm going back in history here. Yeah, so if she listens to this and I'm wrong, I'm sorry, Lisa. <laughs> but yeah, you don't I just, even know me. Yeah, I just saw, I just listened to their music. I was like, they're good. Like, they are really good. Uh, childhood nickname. Well, Sam, that's yeah. pretty obvious. Yeah. <clears throat> but my favorite nickname was given to me by my swim coach. Uh, that was what I liked to do when I was growing up. I was not a bad swimmer. And he used to call me Swim It Again, Sam. Swim it again, Sam. Nice. Did you, did you have any sense of, did you swim in high school? Were you in a sport? No, because once again, I did not like getting up early. Okay. (laughs) 
this was a, this was a theme from early on. This was not an unknown when I became a professional. Like if if I needed to get up before six to do any, no, thank you. That's out. I could get a college scholar. I'm not getting up. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny. Maybe we are all millennials, actually. <laughs> I need my 12 hours. <laughs> I, I was ADD before it was invented. Is that the right word? Nice. What did they call ADD? it then? I don't know. You were a moron. You're like, you Joe, can't use the Joe, word retarded Joe's having anymore. trouble focusing. <laughs> yes, yeah. he's retarded. He's behind. You can't say that anymore. <laughs> do, you read, uh, do you read actual books or Kindle? I read books. What's the last book you read? I read Rembrandt is in the Wind by Russ Ramsey, which is a wonderful book about um, some of the great painters and sculptors and their journey in faith and what their personal stories were like. Heavy. Lost me. Uh, well, you know, and my <laughs> so last book was the uh, biography of Sammy Hagar. So that's, that's why she's doing her job. Yeah, I did. And I'm uh, not. <laughs> there's, a, there's a great one that was put out in the, in the 70s that I just got to, by the way, the one with about Led Zeppelin. Yeah. Uh, the the uh, What's it called? It, 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 Fire demons and, and dragons or something like that doesn't mean anything to you? No. No? Okay. I don't anyway. read that much. I try to read a book a month, and I try to t- get my boys to read a book a month. Yeah. That's not what they're doing. Well, Dad, I read for study school all the time. I'm like, well, find a book you know, outside of it. So I'm trying to like have my book a month. That's so great. Do you then like discuss it with them? Uh, we're all you not the reading the same. No, okay. that's even a better idea. You could have your own book club. Like That's a be better good. idea. Yeah. Um, next question. Your biggest pet peeve. I have to pick one. Yeah. Oh gosh. Well, I already covered the, the email communications from the kids' school <laughs> at yeah. the beginning. Yeah. You're not going to be the head of the PTA there. Oh. I have a feeling that, that you and Daniel. Yeah. No, be. we're not. No. no. Who are these two, these two people? Oh gosh. Pet peeves. Um, you know, I think, I think technology is, is becoming a pet peeve. You know, I think, um, and also, and this is sort of a post-COVID thing, but I think the ease in which people cancel plans is becoming a pet peeve of mine. Mm. You know, I like to, and, and I'm not, I'm not, you know, a saint with this, but I think, you know, when you commit to something, you should follow through with it. And, and I've noticed now that you can have something on the books and then like day of, you know, oh, I can't, or I, I'm going to be, I'm going to be late, or I'm going to this, that, and the other. And I, if we didn't have this immediate, you know, ability to communicate, I'm just going back. I remember when you used to say, hey, see you at 12 at this place in a week, and you just showed up. Just showed up, yeah. Yeah. Do you mean like when you and Daniel said you were going to come to the government cheese show and didn't show up? (laughs) Oh, boom. Is that what you mean? (laughs) Oh, my goodness. You know, Sam, I gave him the old COVID excuse. Yeah. He he, he did nothing. Hook, line, and sinker. He took it. We had a really nice, relaxing night home with my wife. It was great. Text from Daniel. Can't wait. Yeah. Yeah. I, oh, apparently he can. Another well, you, you five know years. What? You, you know, you got me. You called us out. I know he was really looking forward to that. And then, yeah, some somebody was had he? COVID. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I was out of town, so I, I had oh. bailed before that. Okay, good. You're safe. <laughs> I had blamed it on him anyway. No, you can that. blame it on me. That's fair enough. See, this is what I mean. The minute you go out and you're like, you know, this stupid thing really bothers me, you've just like shot yourself in the foot because you, you've done it, you've you done know, it. lately. Yeah. Yeah. Best tip for being a mother? Surrender. <laughs> Did not see that coming. Good. That's true. You just got to, you know, by my complete and total <laughs> surrender. I, I remember when my uh, my nephews were uh, teenagers, and 
the oldest one came home with pierced earrings, uh-huh. okay, and the fake di- fake diamonds. Of course, they're fake diamonds. Uh, and I said, Sue, to my sister, I said, what, what are you doing, man? I mean, why don't you get on him about that? She said, John, you have no idea. You've got to pick your spots, and that's not a spot I'm not going to. He'll grow. He'll just deal with it, and he'll grow out of it, or he'll, kids will laugh at him or whatever. But yeah. that's not a battle I want to pick. Yeah. And so I don't know if that, you know, now he doesn't have them anymore and he looked, you know, silly in his sophomore picture with these, you know, both, <laughs> both, but because back then they, they post or they, they, uh, they did both earrings yeah. back in my early nineties. I, I got, I got, oh, did you get believe. a piercing? I did. Oh, I can't. I did. <laughs> I did. It was, it was the Backstreet Boys ish kind of uh, yeah. early, uh, late eighties, early nineties. And I thought I nailed it. Yeah. And of course I couldn't wear it on TV. I mean, that, yeah. that, that would be really probably uh, way overboard. I don't think management would have, would have liked that, but no, I got it out of my system. So there you anyway. go. Yeah. yeah. You know, I, I'm probably one of the few people who thinks that I think my parents actually did a pretty good job. They were good parents. Mm-hmm. And, and one of the things my dad used to say, cause he was an airline pilot, Yes, he, by the way, congratulations. Captain, on, yes. He flew for Delta. Uh, yeah. Mm, big he, retirement. he used to say, you know, so the way to move up in the airlines was to bid, you know, the next train and, and, and bid on the next bigger plane, mm-hmm. fly the next bigger plane. But he didn't do that. And he would stay senior on whatever aircraft he was flying so that he could uh, fly the routes that he wanted to and be home with my sister and I on the weekends and for special events and things like that. And, and uh, so this, the concept of quality and quantity time, I've thought a lot about that as a, as a mother. And this is one of the reasons, you know, I changed careers too, that, that I didn't get to pick the quality time with my girls. Mm-hmm. You know, it just seems like they pick that. And sometimes it, it comes after spending a lot of time doing something else uh, that didn't seem high on the quality scale. You know, and after you've done you know, whatever activity or obligatory thing that you have to do as a parent, and there's a lot of those, you know, then they come to you and they say, gosh, mom, this thing happened at school and I, I don't, you know, this hurt my feelings. You know, the kind of conversations that you hope to have with them so that, they know that you love them and you're there for them, but you don't kind of get to say, okay, we're going to do that right now. Mm-hmm. I have just found others may have found it to be different that that seems to be determined by them and you just have to be around for it. She's such a good mom. Perfectly said like uh, a perfect spokesman. I got one more question. I got uh, one more. Let too. me, if Tess was here, she would sit here and, and, Mention all the times I wasn't there, by the way. She holds me accountable, just like Joe just holds me accountable. She holds me accountable all the time. Uh, don't wait till they get their phones. Wait till they get their first phones. You'll have your whole new era. Oh, man. That's a whole... That, you need to do an episode on when to get your kid a phone. I don't if know you ever get if your kid you ever do that. And yeah. then there's some, there's some yeah. friends of ours that I know that they have... 10, 11 year olds that, that are already, already down that, that road. And, and they're so good at it, too, because they grew up using an iPad. Sure. Yeah, they've learned their, you know, some of their lesson plans on sure. iPads and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, it's so. the water they swim in, but man, I mean. <laughs> I just like ghosts in the graveyard and staying out till, yeah. you know, till dark and, yeah. and, and riding with a, without a bike helmet and in hitchhiking. No, I didn't hitchhike, but. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was a thing. Yeah, you wouldn't you know, do that now. No, no, yeah. no, 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 you wouldn't do that. Um, uh, you, one thing on your bucket list that you haven't done that you want to do. One thing. Yeah. <laughs> or how you much, can go off about it. How much have we all given up on in the last couple of years? <laughs> like, well, I wanted to do that, but that kind of, yeah. you know, you know, I, 
Daniel and I were uh, had a trip scheduled to go to Israel in 2020 oh. in October, and that's one place I've I've really really wanted to go. Um, so that's that's been on my bucket okay. list. I hope I hope get we can still back. make that happen. Yeah, get that back. I've been once. You'll love it. Yeah, I loved it. I should have read more before I went. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, this is you were doing so, cliff notes. So and- I did cliff notes, <laughs> and it's so overwhelming. And then you, yeah. you, know, you come home and you. So you'll know the stories before you go. So uh, final question, okay. give me a great John Dwyer story. And I hope it contains a temper tantrum <laughs> or throwing something across the room. Uh, you the, guys shared uh, the studio for several years. So there's got to be a Dwyer story in there somewhere. John can hang with just about anything. And I have to tell you, I really enjoyed the days when John and I got to anchor together because I just mm-hmm. knew it was going to be, it would be fun. Not that the news was fun necessarily. I don't mean to make light of any of the stories that we had to cover, but I just enjoyed my report with with John as I do right now. Well, one afternoon, and I am a bit of a klutz. I, John knows this about me. I don't think I was pregnant. I was not pregnant when this happened. Um, it was a four o'clock newscast and it was like five minutes to show time. John was out there prepared and ready to go. I was not. I was at my desk like finishing up something probably putting on fake eyelashes or determining I wasn't going to do that. I don't know. But, but I was such a klutz. I had, you know, so I was at a desk and it it had filing cabinets and the bottom filing cabinet uh, was open just a little bit. And then my purse was kind of plopped on top of it. And I noticed it's like, Oh my gosh, it's almost showtime. And I got up and tripped over this thing and injured myself to the point where I had to get to the, had to get some medical attention really quickly. And poor John, (laughs) They were just like, Samantha's not coming. (laughs) (laughs) It's all you, bro. She's not coming, so just do the whole thing yourself. It's all you. Which, which was, you went which from was fine. A, a 5K to the full marathon. <laughs> That's right. Because it's an hour, the four to, it was probably like one of those four to five 30 days. And yeah, then those could be beasts. Yeah, those were, those were just sit down and strap up and get ready to go. So. You got a catheter yeah. and you just, yeah, you can't, you can't leave the set and all that like that. You know, I do not remember that. Are you okay? Oh, I still got a scar up my oh, shin from, your, from oh. that whole situation. Yeah. It, Is, it was it's so embarrassing most of all, but. Yeah, I just tripped over my the filing cabinet on my my desk. Oh my goodness! Oh, I can see where yeah. that would hurt. Oh. And yeah. you did a great job. When it's third and short, you hand wire the ball. Is yeah. that it? That's, That's right. It. And he breaks up fourth and, and inches. Make it. <laughs> <laughs> I think you and were just you're like, gonna punt. Yeah, what in the world happened? <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, I don't. I, I do not remember that. I I remember you always answering the bell, and you have today. Yeah, I, I appreciate it. I do, and I'm really happy for you. And um, there's there's. Broadcasting's interesting because it it brings together people with common uh, denominators of interest in journalism, but you don't necessarily get to pick your coworkers. And um, I've said this before: I, I'm not I'm not friends with very many of them <clears throat> after leaving the, the business. And it's nothing personal. And well, they all move by the around way, too. Well, they yeah. move around, and by the way, they're not you know they're not reaching out to me either. So I mean, you know, there's a there's a two way street. But Sam has always been. Um, such a good person and really loved her true North journalistic style. And, and uh, quite frankly, we don't have that all the time anymore. So, um, it, you know, and she's just, she's not just a coworker, but she's a, she's a friend. So, um, and, and a great, great mom and Daniel, it's been fun. It's been, you know, when you move to Nashville, it'd be probably, I don't know if you thought it was going to be for the next 15, 20 years, but it certainly, we've all done it. Yeah. 
this is the longest we lived anywhere. And, and we count the Kings and, and you and Lindley as some of our, our best friends. And we've had some of our favorite times with you all. And we, it really we, has been fun, you know, and, and I admire, I, I wish we could go longer because I, I, I was talking to Daniel before I came to do this today. And, and he said, Joe King, he's like, you got to ask him. He's like, there's a man who does a lot of things really well, a lot of really different things. You ought to ask him about how he goes from one thing. He's a captain now. And he you know was on the radio and did the weather. And like, there's a man who just like, you know, figures it out. Lay minister at St. George's right. for, for, yeah. for, for a time at yeah. TV weatherman. You and, also and have a marriage I admire and, and two great kids. And I, you know, We'll we'll we'll, we'll break his spirit. We'll yeah. we'll find some, we'll find a chink in the armor. We will. <laughs> but the other oh, thing the about we do this, plenty, well, yeah. there's plenty. You know what's fun about I, people always ask me, what was it like to be in a newsroom? I'm like, well, imagine everybody who ever got in trouble for you know disrupting the class all in the same room together. It's a great way to to describe it. Yeah, I, if people say, what do you miss about it? I miss the camaraderie of yeah. walking into a newsroom of 20, 30, 40 people yeah. all giving each other, you know, the business and, yeah. and, and knowing, whereas now you, you have an office that you, you know, you go mm-hmm. to and, um, I visit schools and that's kind of a release, but I, I miss the camaraderie of, yeah. of a newsroom and being on a team and, and being, being on a team and mm-hmm. being and and when things go really well, it, there, there is a high five and yes. so forth like that, you know, so. And talking smack about the other team. Come on. That was fun. That's the best. Yeah. I couldn't name like. <laughs> three people on on TV stations now. I don't know, but I, I've I've kind of unplugged. But 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 when you got into the business, you were you knew everybody. And oh you yeah. Knew, oh, I kicked their butt. You, know, you watched <laughs> the same story, right? And you all, oh, I did. Yeah. Well, yeah. Your, yours was much better. I, was it? It, it, it was the same ninety seconds, probably the same sound bites. But yeah, and it's you forgotten. Always, you know, by the next day when you're doing it again. Yeah. That's why I love yeah. the, the Anchorman. It's so true yeah, in a farce way, but there's a, there's a lot of truth in in that movie. That's just a lot great. of uncomfortable truth. It is. It's terrific. <laughs> it's absolutely terrific. Scott. Yeah. Scott. 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 Gotcha. <laughs> well, I'll say this: I, I the the uh, I always uh, w- always was good friends with the audio person. Because they could sink or swim. Oh, that's I mean, a that's a that's a good ally. That was, I was a, that's I always made sure because yeah. I you know I have a colorful can, and I've made producers cry. I mean, I've made people cry in the newsroom. I didn't. I'm not proud of it, but I've got you can you can have an edge and you can fly off the handle. And the, the good thing about news people, generally speaking, is you just you know 15 minutes over, it's you know you forget about it, forget about it, move on. But um, yeah, some good times. But I'm glad we're not in it anymore. And I'm glad that we can do things like this and, and have our holidays and, and weekends and stuff like that. So it was a season. <laughs> it was a season. It was a season. <laughs> anyway. Hey, thank you very much for being on. Thanks for having me. Second cup of Joe and John. It's the second cup of Joe and John as their guests expound on any and all topics within the realm of decency. Want to be a sponsor? Let a TV and radio guy help build your business. Email joekingwx at gmail.com or text 615-289-1703. Now, hold on tight and grab another second cup of Joe and John.